going to start with one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's from 1 Kings 18, and it's where Elijah goes up against 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. Long story short, they shout and dance all day for their God to light their altar on fire. And it never happens. So then, it's Elijah's turn. And I, this is one of my favorite stories because as a kid, I just loved how Elijah taunted these prophets um, as to why maybe their God couldn't hear them. So when it was Elijah's turn, he took his time. He had his altar soaked with water twice. And then God lights it on fire. And all 100, 850 prophets were killed. But what happens after that? The queen now wants Elijah killed. So what does Elijah do when he finds out the queen wants him dead? He runs for 100 miles. Where are my runners out there? Does anybody out here run for fun? Okay, where are my non-runners out there? That's my people. All right. As life picks up, do you find yourself constantly running again? Or is your mind constantly racing or spinning? For me, as I'm sure for many of you, every day I run from one thing to the next, heavily caffeinate myself, crash, wake up, and do it again. But here's what I've learned. Burnout is not a badge of honor. We have got to slow down and pay attention so that we can hear God's voice, his promptings, his plans for us. Or we might be on this gradual but steady journey of living in so much of a hurry to see those plans that we will miss them when he puts them right in front of us. I think in America, rest has become a foreign concept. We're living in the most caffeinated, energy-drinking generation ever, just pushing and driving ourselves until we want run ragged. But I think you could agree with me that the human body wasn't made for constant pushing to the limits, running from one thing to the next, and all the caffeine that it takes to do that. Jesus, however, exemplifies the perfect example of an unhurried, fully aware life. Dallas Willard, an American philosopher known for his writings on Christian spiritual formation, he described Jesus with one word, relaxed. Jesus was never in a hurry to be anywhere other than where he was. And sometimes he even took the long way to get there. I don't know about you, but I, I feel the need to be efficient all the time. Travis, he used to call me impatient, but then he finally realized it was just my extreme need for efficiency. <laughs> but if I follow the example that Jesus sets, sometimes I need to take the long way, which is really challenging when I want to do everything as quickly as possible. But, but can we declare together today for Jesus to remind us that every day we need to find rest in him, whether it's the long way or not, but that we recognize that the time in his presence is more important than anything else in the world. If we don't, 
Otherwise, we'll eventually get to a point where we won't know how to continue on. And that is what happened to Elijah. So in 1 Kings 19, after his 100-mile journey, I don't think I've run 100 miles if you accumulated all the miles I've ever run in my life. But he did a 100-mile journey straight. And then he's like, I can still go. So he walks an entire day into the desert until he couldn't go anymore. And I think this is a very clear picture of our lives. We're so busy and tired, but we say, I can do it. I've got it. I can keep going. I'll just get a Red Bull. I can handle it. My strength, I got what it takes. And that was Elijah's mindset until in the desert, he gets to the point where he can't go anymore. And he finally cries out to God, Lord, I've had enough. Side note, does Jesus know by your actions that you need him in your life? Is there proof in your life that would make him conclude that? Do you say, Lord, I need you. I've had enough. I can't go on without you. Are you living on your own strength because you think that you can do it mixed with your strength and caffeination or on God's strength mixed with what he can do through you? So Elijah, he ran and ran until he crashed, and he was so tired. It got to the point where God couldn't do anything with Elijah until he slowed down, ate, and rested. And sometimes we find ourselves running and running until we get to the point where God can't do anything with us until we slow down, eat, and are rested. I love how David put it in Psalm 62. He said, yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Who in here uses a sound machine or a fan to sleep? Anybody? Okay, does anybody like to sleep in like dead silence? Okay, I can't. I cannot handle silence. I love using a sound machine to sleep. I love that loud noise of a fan that it brings. I mean, to the point that one time I was visiting back in college, my parents, and my sound machine was in my house where I lived for college. And this was back when we still had these big stereos. And I turned the stereo to a staticky station that just made the (laughs) noise. Because I couldn't handle trying to sleep in silence. So sometimes, though, when I get up before Travis, or hours after Jonah, because he also uses one, after he has woken up. I'll go in the room hours later, the sound machine is still on. Like Travis got so used to that loud noise, he didn't even realize that he needed to turn it off. And that's how we get in life. There's so much distractions and loud noises around us all the time, and we don't even realize it, and we don't even realize the need sometimes to turn it off. Have you ever heard the story about what happens when you put a frog into boiling water? (laughs) It immediately jumps out because it's painful. But 
if you put a frog in water that is room temperature and just raise the degree one at a time to get it hotter until it boils, the frog does not jump out. The frog stays and eventually he dies in the water. And just like that frog, with the gradual increase in the water, there are so many loud noises and distractions around us, we get used to it. And sometimes we don't even realize how much loud noise is happening. But sometimes we have to turn those sounds off so that we can hear God. Because what happens when we slow down and have time with God? We'll hear him speak to us. God will speak to us if we take time to listen. Do you desire to listen to God? How desperate do you think you are to hear his voice? Because that is the priority you will make, the desperation you have to listen, to slow down, and to find rest in him. Could we be so fast-paced and distracted with our plans and all of the loud noises around us that we could be missing God's voice? In the midst of living for God, have you forgotten to live for God? In the midst of loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, have you forgotten to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? I want you to ask yourself, what is the loudest voice in your life today? And then what might happen if you really listened to God's voice? I encourage you to ask God to speak to you, to tell him that you're the only voice I want to hear. Because what might happen if God's voice was the loudest voice in your life? What if you became the person God created you to be because you just took that time to listen and live like Jesus was with you in each moment? After God slowed down Elijah and provided for him, by the way, coolest way ever to get provided. I would love for this to happen uh, when I need to rest. He had an angel show up and wake up Elijah and give him water and bread. And then Elijah slept some more and the angel woke him up again and gave him more water and bread. How cool is that? That God used this angel to help Elijah find rest. In Matthew 11 Jesus says, come, come to me and I will give you rest. In John 6, 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be thirsty, will never go hungry. Mary got it. I'm sure you all know the story of Mary and Martha, where Martha's distracted by everything going around in her house and trying to make this event successful. And she is so angry that Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus when, in fact, Jesus said, no, Mary got it. You need to take a moment and sit at the feet of Jesus and enter into his presence. When was the last time you let yourself be Mary and sit at the feet of Jesus? Because I challenge you to declare to God, if you're not in it, I don't want it. After God refueled Elijah, he got up and traveled 40 days until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. But here's what's really interesting. The journey, he had a new speed. So he walked 260 miles, which is really long when you hear it like that. But when you start doing the math, 
260 miles in 40 days, people back then walked for 12 hours a day typically. So we could assume that Elijah probably walked about six and a half miles a day. Do y'all realize how slow of a pace that is? Do I have any math whizzes in here? Because that pace is a half a mile per hour. That is so slow. Can you imagine walking at a pace of half a mile per hour? Now check this out. In Galatians 5, we find another time where we're encouraged to walk. It says, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And what are we called to do by walking in the Spirit? We're called to love, to have joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Can you love well quickly? Can you have peace or patience when you're hurried, rushed, or distracted by all these different loud noises in your life? Can you be kind when you're too busy to notice who's, go, who's around you? Or can you recognize and model God's goodness in the blur of a constant, fast-paced life? We need to reset our speed like Elijah, from running to walking, so that we don't miss out on what God has for us and how God wants to use us. Is anybody familiar with Susanna Wesley? So she was a mother whose husband went to jail, in and out of jail. Her home burned down twice. She lived in extreme poverty. Now, for all the mothers out there, I know you know how rare it is to have any time of quiet or alone time in your house. It was just about impossible for Susanna with all the children that she had. I don't even get to go to the bathroom by myself. I, I don't have quiet time anywhere I go. But Susanna, that didn't stop her. She exemplified for us, James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Because there is power in, be, in pursuing being in the presence of Jesus, in tuning out what's going on around us so that we can have moments with God. So the story goes on that she would take her apron and just throw it over her head in the middle of her house where all her kids are running around crazy, all these loud noises going on around her. And she would lift her hands up and pray and cry out to God, knowing he would meet her there. Have you figured out where that place is for you, where you throw your figurative apron over your head? For me, that place is my treadmill. If you haven't found that place, I encourage you to find it, no matter how busy you are. I find the busier I am, the more I sit at Jesus' feet, the less anxious I feel. We all need that place where we can throw our figurative apron over our head, no matter how busy or loud life is. So you hear the story of Susanna, and you think, yeah, that's a neat example of how we can find time to slow down and listen, no matter how loud the house is or wherever I am. But what you might not realize is that two of her sons, John and Charles Wesley, changed the landscape of Christianity. They established the Methodist movement. They called her the mother of Methodism because of the way she lived her life before her children, exemplifying a disciplined pursuit of the presence of God. That apron was followed up by the, organ, the origination of the Methodist church. So what if we challenged ourselves to slow down, to take time, to rest and sit 
wait and listen. How awkward was those three seconds just now of silence? Anybody feel it? It's, it's awkward, right? We're, we're grown, we've grown to not like the silence, to, that it's uncomfortable for us. We watched a, a video in youth this past Wednesday where the, the, the speaker, he was trying to give an example of how awkward we find silence to be. And he just stood there staring at the camera as the camera zoomed in on his face. And he just, until he could feel everyone in the room uncomfortable. Did you know that Jesus asked 307 questions? He was asked 183 for those of you that were not in the 830 service, who can guess how many questions Jesus answered directly out of 307? Anybody? He answered three questions directly. I believe that God can speak to us through his word, that his questions, they can speak to us. They can lead to conversations with Jesus. So we're going to try something, um, and I trust that God is going to speak to you through his word this morning, through his questions for the next couple of minutes. So I encourage you to engage, to press in, to take a moment to slow down together and listen. Jason, you can come up, um, and if one verse stands out, I want you to write it down. Write the reference, write the verse, and let it be Jesus' invitation for the next conversation that you have with him. So now we're going to go through all 307, I'm just kidding, questions. Um, we're going to go through a few of Jesus' questions to us. And I just want you to let these questions be directed to you and see if one speaks to you, if Jesus is trying to speak to you through his questions. All right, so here we go. The, the the verses will go on the screen uh, one at a time as we read them. So Jesus asked, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Why are you anxious? Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? Why are you so afraid? Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Why did you doubt? Who do you say I am? What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? What do you want me to do for you? Why are you testing me? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? What are you thinking in your heart? What good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and master if what I teach you is not put into practice? Where is your faith? If even the smallest things are beyond your control, why are you anxious about the rest? For who is greater, the one seated at the table or the one who serves? Are you asleep? Why are you sleeping? 
what are you looking for? What do you want? Do you want to be well? Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? If I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Do you realize what I have done for you? I've been with you for so long and still you do not know me? Do you love me? What is God saying to you? Where is he wanting to start the conversation with you? He wants to provide for your needs as you engage in your relationship with him and slow down and find rest in his presence. Walking will become natural over time. How radically different could peace in your heart be if you slowed down and listened? How radically different could the anxiety in your heart be if you slowed down and listened? Try it. Will you notice in the morning the sunrise and marvel at the beauty of God's creation instead of wake up, check your phone, chug some coffee, and switch to autopilot again? Will you brush past that person that you walk by this week? Or will you honor their presence with a genuine greeting? Let's slow down and take our life's journey with intention so that we hear God's voice and we're able to go through with the nudges that he gives us. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray that even just after this prayer, we don't move on quickly, but we wait to hear from you. That today each person listening will focus on you hear from you, and say yes in obedience to whatever you're asking. God, help us slow down. God, break through the noise. Be the loudest voice we hear. Be the only voice we hear. God, we pray if you aren't in it, we don't want it. Let all else fade away. Amen.